0: Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Always appreciate you taking the time to join me every week while we dig in and try to figure out whether the O's are going to be a playoff contender or shit the bed again. As you know, you can always reach me, fullcountchaos, at gmail.com, or just head over to fullcountchaos.com for the different ways to keep in contact and follow the show. Now, I ended last week's podcast talking about how fun it's going to be watching these Orioles and said things like I'd rather see Rasmus in the lineup instead of Gentry and how there's no way the pitching can be worse than last year. Holy crap, what a shit show we witnessed this week. So far, my statements have been way off. Can we all agree Colby Rasmus should not be batting in the major leagues? He cannot hit an off-speed pitch. His bat misses the ball by a foot and a half. He looks like he's looking over at the dugout when he's swinging because he thinks somebody called his name. He has no idea what he's doing while standing in the batter's box. And right now as I'm recording this podcast, he's he's bat 20 times and struck out 13. (laughs) What the hell, man? I think it's funny, uh, Today was it this morning, I think O's just announced Colby Rasmus is now on the 10-day DL with a strained left hip flexor. <laughs> Buck probably walked over to him that night, kicked Rasmus in the hip, and just walked away and said, uh, you're on the DL. <laughs> He's on the floor like, what the fuck was that? Things were really going bad for the O's this week, and you knew shit was going south during the Astros series. Feeling good after that home run by Scope in the first game and then next half inning, a freaking inside the park home run by Carrera? I'm just sitting there thinking, you can't make this shit up. Hits off Mancini's glove, rolls like the ball had a freaking transmission belt in it, just rolling through center field. Then poor Mancini, then he gets robbed from a home run, I think the very next half inning, which was a great catch by Josh Reddick. I would, I would love to have that guy on my team. That son of a bitch leaped up and grabbed that ball from going straight over the wall. It wasn't like he blocked it from going over the wall. He, The ball was behind the wall, and he grabbed it and brought it back. Good for him. Whatever. And then he winds up hitting a Grand Slam later that night. I'm telling you, the Astros are just on a completely different planet with their playing level right now. And for sure, they're going to be right there at the end again in 2018, playing for another ring. And I thought it was pretty funny the other night we were playing them to think how different it is for Astro fans and O's fans watching the game. I'm just picturing, you know, Oriole fans were probably pacing back and forth, dropping down to our knees, begging for just one win. While Astro fans are, you know, they have the game in on the background. (laughs) They're probably fucking around something else, doing something in their home, doing some, you know, honey-do list. Just waiting for October baseball, but Oriole fans are like, please. Please score a couple runs. Seriously, this may sound weird right now, and you may completely disagree with me. And if you do, I probably wouldn't blame you. But I think it'd be boring knowing your team is so good that you're just waiting for October to come around because you know you're going to clinch by you know, August. And I know that may sound like cuckoo talk, but I, I, I truly believe that. Like the Nats, their division is, is it's like a minor league team. And all that fans know, it's just a matter of time in July when they clinch. Though, I, I don't know, Mets do seem like they, they could be a contender possibly this year. I'm just saying, as much as we hate the stress that comes along with being an Orioles fan, I think you'd miss that. You know, if the Orioles were just way above their competition, their division was terrible, you know, the team behind them and their division by June is already 25 games out, I don't know, I, I just think that would be a little boring. I think you'd realize you missed that stress. <laughs> I think you would you know, miss getting angry and then it's just a roller coaster of emotions. But being a Dodgers fan and a Nats fan, I don't I don't know. Being an Astros fan, I mean look, even if you lose three in a row, you're just laughing about it because you know you're gonna be there in October, no big deal. The Orioles lose three in a row. Holy shit. <laughs> you want to get a good laugh. Read Twitter posts. <laughs> People are like I mean, when we lost the second game of the season from the Twins, that was it. Season over. Pack that shit up. I mean, look, I'm frustrated. I'm not ready to pack my shit up and get my Ravens gear out in April, thinking the season's already over, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. That's why we love sports. We don't know, and it's fun to watch. By the way, Buck, pretty dumb for betting your son lead off all week who can't hit a ball off a tee. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Davis. And I say his son because that shit reminded me of Little League. When you're a kid and the guy who's coaching your team, of course, is the father of the worst player on your team, but still puts his son lead off because he wants to make his little Jimmy proud. All the parents of the kids know Jimmy shouldn't even be on the team, let alone lead off in the batting order. I think I'm already finished talking about Chris Davis. I get he hit a home run Friday night. But even a broken watch is right twice a day. And Sabathia wasn't exactly throwing a great game. He actually left the game with an injury. Though I didn't know fat was considered an injury now. Boy, is he fat. I understand he wasn't pitching well when he was skinny and he gained weight so he could start pitching good again. But my God, you want to live to see 60? Better not keep that shit up. By the way, Manny absolutely destroyed that first home run in the upper deck Friday night. I think the Yankees already have Manny's jersey hanging in their stadium. Boy, do they want him bad. They've already retired his number. (laughs) I'm telling you, I truly think Manny will be in New York next year. But Anyway, here we are, second episode into the show, and I'm already ending the talk about Davis. Let's just get this out of the way right now. We know he's in a really bad place. He even tried to bunt Saturday and couldn't even do that. He's always bragging about, for years, how he's going to start bunting because they're putting the shift on him. Well, he does that, and he gets thrown out. I can honestly say he's 100% worse than the Ubaldo signing. I mean, come on. Ubaldo hurt the team every five days. Davis hurt the team every day, at least four times a game. But I think I got caught up in the moment last week during opening day, watching Bundy have a great outing, and Adam Jones hitting a walk-off home run. Started thinking everything was going to be sunshine and candy. Couldn't have been more wrong. Cotton candy made it dog shit, maybe. It wasn't looking good. Orioles did grab two wins against the Yanks, which were great wins. Great way to start off the series, especially on the road in New York. Pedro Alvarez with a grand salami. Couldn't have come at a better time. Adam comes up. Base is loaded. No out. You're thinking, all right, here we go. Something's going to happen. <laughs> gets rung up, watches strike three go by. He's all pissed off, yelling at the ump. I'm sorry to say, Adam. That was a strike, and you watched it go by. (laughs) But anytime you see the O's beat the Yanks, it's a very happy day. So, I have a lot to go over this week about the O's. But before we get to that, there is just one thing I want to say. I just quickly want to make a comment about last week's drama. I know it all went down a week ago, but people today are actually still talking about it because it spread throughout the league pretty quick. Talking about that bullshit comment by Dozier. About Cisco bunting late in the game. <laughs> if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Which I'm sure you are if you're a baseball fan. Even if you're not, I'm sure you heard about this. This jackass Brian Dozier from the Twins after last Sunday's game. you know, Commenting on Cisco for bunting in the ninth, down by 7. Basically came out and said the veteran players on the Orioles will probably let him know not to do that anymore. <laughs> That's what he's saying in his post-game interview. He says there's a lot of unwritten rules he needs to learn about, and he's sure guys like Chris Davis will tell him all about that. Not sure what unwritten rule that ass clown's talking about. Cisco is simply trying to get something going in the ninth. That's it. Everybody, the media, fans, even twin fans are saying if you're so hung up on all that unwritten bullshit, unwritten rule crap, then maybe you guys shouldn't be putting on the shift in the ninth inning. Dozier, (laughs) this is what cracked me up. Again, Dozier saying things like, you know, Chris Davis and Adam Jones, they're gonna I'm he's sure they're gonna tell Cisco not to do that anymore. Well, Gary Thorne on Mass had interviewed Chris Davis the very next day, and Davis said to Thorne, he told chance to do the same exact thing the very next day if that situation comes up. Damn right. <laughs> Good for you, Davis. Barrios wasn't pitching a no hitter, so there's no reason to comment about him bunting in the ninth. Yes, we all know when there's a no-hitter going late in the game, there's an unwritten rule in baseball, you don't bunt to try to get on base. Now, if Cisco did that, I'd be all over him right now. That is something you don't do. And you talk to some fans and even players, and they say they're okay with that. If there's a no-hitter going, 8th, ninth inning, late in the game, and someone bunts, they're okay with that, I think that's Bush League baseball. I would be completely pissed off if I was a pitcher and someone bunted while I was pitching a no-hitter. But anyway... It's really funny because now anytime something happens in the ninth inning of of any game, no matter which team is playing, people are now tweeting out things like, uh, Dozier, can this team do that in the ninth? Are they allowed to? Hashtag ninth inning Dozier. And by the way, Rick Dempsey had a little something to say about it. Here's what he said. A lot of tough talk out of the Minnesota Twins yesterday as they left Baltimore winning the last two ballgames. They had a great pitching performance. There's no doubt about that. Francisco comes up. It's not even a no-hit situation. And they're complaining about a rookie coming up there and making a perfect bunt down the third base line when they put a shift on. They're complaining. They got their veteran guys talking a lot of trash out there because we bunted on them. They, what have they won? Who are they, by the way? I got to even forget. And then the pitcher, Berrios, well, he's so insulted. He threw a great ball game. I give him that credit. But I just lost a little bit of my respect when he's talking about, oh, a guy really made a bad play on me. He bunted, and nobody was there to catch the ball for him. So, oh, you know, tough break right there. You know it would be funny, though? <laughs> so many players now from other countries coming to play ball in the U.S. makes you wonder if they have the same unwritten rules Where they're from. I think it'd be funny. Some Korean player bunting down third baseline. No hitter in the ninth. (laughs) Clapping his hands on first. Trying to get his team pumped up. His teammates are looking at him just shaking their head like, what the fuck just happened? But that's not what Cisco did. He tried to get something going and he hit against the shift. Bottom line. That's it. Now let's talk about those red hot O's. All right, I already talked about Bundy's first outing against the Twins and and another great outing against the Astros. kicking ass and taking names. Mr. Constipated knows how to pitch, doesn't he? Bundy is the man. People still think he's just a good number three or number two. Hopefully, he can prove them wrong and become our number one guy. Both great starts, but unfortunately, he didn't get the win on any of these starts. Either because the relievers blew the lead or offense decided to stay in the hotel and they showed up to Houston. Cashner, he I was very excited to see him. Not a good first outing to start the season in Camden Yards. I remember when the game started, I texted my dad saying, I love the movement on his ball. He looks really good. After I sent that text, <laughs> shit went south. <laughs> he got a little taste of what it's like pitching in a Little League stadium. The movement on the ball that day unfortunately moved right into the barrel of their bats. Five innings pitched. Six hits, five runs, four of them earned. Had five strikeouts. but Those three home runs kind of overshadowed the good news. Though uh, it couldn't have been at a better time for him to come through in New York. He pitched a great game against the Yankees. Hopefully, I mean, I saw him a couple pitches go 96 miles per hour. So he was definitely feeling it. I think game time, it was like 32 degrees. So good for him being able to throw 96 miles per hour. And I think it was like in the second or third inning. Six innings pitched, only giving up two runs, five strikeouts, two walks. Job well done, Mr. Kashner. And by the way, watching a couple games in New York, what is this crap with the Yankee fans booing Stanton each time he strikes out now? Get over yourself. He's probably the best power hitter out there who's now on your team. Career 268 average. The least amount of home runs he's ever hit was 22 home runs, and that was in 2010. You remember what he hit last year? 59 home runs, 132 RBIs, and you assholes are giving him shit because during the first week of April, he struck out a few times. <laughs> Fucking Yankee fans. Now, you know, you never want to strike out five times in one game like Stanton did the other night, but you still shouldn't boo the guy. I mean, look what Chris Davis does every night, and we don't boo him. <laughs> Just yell out, you suck. I don't know, I, I, look, I'm not trying to feel sorry for Stanton, but th- this guy, he's he's Probably putting a ton of pressure on himself to put on a show each time a bat. He's got a bunch of assholes booing him each time. Never seen so much coverage on one player. It makes me want to puke with all the Yankee ball sucking the media is doing. My God, him and Aaron Judge. Any sports network you turn on, all they do is tell you to drop what you're doing right now and start watching the Yankees. Everything I read about and everything I see on TV about the Yankees, people have them on such a high level that you might as well just let them wait until October to play some baseball. I mean, basically, the media, fans are acting like they might lose five or six games this year. Yankees can do no wrong. Let's all bow down to the almighty Judge and Stanton. Get the fuck out of here. And Galsman, this freaking guy, he has no clue what a shutdown inning looks like or feels like Not a good start of the season, but that's the way Galsman has always pitched. No surprise there. I would have been surprised if he pitched well. Four innings pitched, seven hits, six runs, all earned. He also gives up three home runs. So it's a good news, Nate. There isn't. He sucks. I used to have extremely high hope for the kid a few years ago, but he hasn't had one winning season. Not one. He had a decent outing against New York on Friday his second outing, but I have a feeling we caught the Yankees at the right time with their offense. They seem a little sluggish, a little off, a lot of mistake pitches that are just fouling off. Usually they hit 400 feet. And Galsman reminds me of Arietta Great stuff, just doesn't know how to use it. Loses focus when runners get on base, doesn't know how to put away batters with two strikes. That drives me nuts. I mean, any pitcher who's got a batter at 0-2 and then gives up a home run, that's going to drive you crazy. Seems like when he's about to throw his curveball, he tightens up his windup. <laughs> hope nobody else sees that. Though I'm sure if that's true, you wouldn't be hearing that from me. <laughs> you wouldn't be tuning into some Orioles podcast on the second episode and being like, hey, did you hear about Galsman's windup? So I don't know. Maybe that's, I, I, my eyes are playing tricks on me. I don't know. A lot of fans I talk to are worried Galsman will become a side winner if, if the O's cut ties with him. So what? So what? Same thing with Arietta. Everyone's like, look what happened to Jake. So what? Good for him. He got his shit together over in Chi-Town. The example I always give, it's like an ex-girlfriend. You're with her for four years. Last couple of years, she's turned into an awful person, cheating on you all the time, stealing money from you, likes watching This Is Us. (laughs) Just awful things that finally made you say, enough is enough, and you broke it off. Six months later, you bump into her new boyfriend. He's like, man, she's amazing. She's got a big heart, very caring girl, easy to talk to, and he's standing there wondering why he got rid of her. Yeah, easy to say that now, but six months ago, she was shitty to have around. She was bringing you down. So if you decide to let Galsman go and he turns into being a wonderful girlfriend, good for him. Then Galsman, second start in New York, turn on the TV, four straight balls. <laughs> then the next batter comes up. He hits him right in the shoulder. Oh my God, I do have to give Galsman a little props because that inning could have been easily four, run, four or five runs, but he held him the one run. Again, I, I think we're, we're hitting the Yankees at the right time. Since Galsman has been pitching in the majors, he hasn't had one winning season. I just can't think of any other pitcher who has 0-2 counts and throws right down the middle of the plate. Gives up six runs after two innings on his first game of the year against the whiny-ass Twins. I was complaining last week on how frustrating it was last year watching most games be over before the third inning. I was saying there's no way the starting pitching could be that bad this year. Boy, do I feel like a complete idiot now. I know it was only the first week of the season, but that, that's all I have to judge with so far. Tailman pitching in Houston. Four pitches later, it's one nothing. It may have been three pitches. <laughs> Just like that, throwing 90 down the center of the plate. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. It took him a while to get to 90. He was throwing 88, 89. I'm like, is that his changeup? No, that's his fastball. And what made me laugh when he was done pitching, he only had two swings and misses through 84 pitches. What the fuck is wrong with this guy, Am Are you kidding me or what? I was actually shocked that he had that many. When you don't have any command on your fastball and your curveball looks like a floater that you'd see on Nintendo RBI Baseball, those are signs you're done. He might just be that part of his career where he's got to count on his college degree. Because Lord knows, he's not going to be on the MLB network, hosting some morning show. Every time I hear him in an interview, I just picture Forced Gump. Hello, I'm Forced, Forced Gump. I hate that saying, low cost, high reward, because it, it seems like the odds are, it rarely ever works out, knowing there's probably a reason you're not paying that player decent money. Anyway, I got all season to bitch and complain about the pitching. Relievers haven't looked hot either so far. They've given up at least one run each game they played. That's not comforting to see. (laughs) The O's a couple years ago used to count on their bullpen to come in and shut shit down. If we'd be winning after the 8th inning, 7th inning, forget about it. Let's just pack up shit, go home, because we're going to win. But the win on Friday in extra innings, the bullpen came through. Marvelous. Great job. Pedro Aruhu, Rahu. Aruhu. (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck his name is? Rule 5 guy. Pitched two shutout innings. Good for him. Kid hasn't pitched past a ball. And he's thrown against Judge and Stanton in extra innings. What the hell is going on out there with this roster? Knowing we had to count on a kid to get through the Yankees lineup through two innings. <laughs> and Michael Gibbons. So far, the best defensive play of the season. If you didn't get a chance to see that highlight, stop right now what you're doing. Check that shit out. Smart defense by Givens, Getting in the way. D.D. D. Gregorius sliding it at home. That was marvelous. He was actually going down to catch the ball, which is not against the rules. He's not blocking the plate. I know a lot of Yankee fans were crying and whining all over Twitter saying he he blocked the plate. He should be out. So, Rock from Madison.com, which I like definitely reading his articles, Rockabaka, wrote about it, and crew chief Jerry Meals told a pool reporter, he says, Givens in that situation, the player is deemed to be occupying the area to save the ball or has the ball. If he's going to receive the ball in that situation, then he's allowed to occupy that space if he's in the act of receiving it. There you have it, folks. What a great play. And that saved the game. I think that was in the 10th inning. I'm pretty sure. And that takes big balls to jump in front of a big dude like DD. I think most pitchers would have been gun-shy to get down there. And would have just probably stuck out their glove tried to catch it, dropped the ball, trying to stay out of the way. That's why Givens gets balls of steel this week, without a doubt. I've got balls of steel. I also want to discuss something, speaking of pitching, that it's been a topic and talked about by many people for many, many years, and it doesn't seem like anything is going to change. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this as well. Uh, Now that we have all this technology, I was talking about this with a friend of mine, we have all this technology to help out with, with stats and replays, anything you need to know about whatever sport you're watching. I just truly hope one day MLB somehow gets it right with strikes and balls. Very frustrating watching a jump higher every game have their own strike zone. And, and obviously, it's frustrating for players too. It's frustrating for fans. How do you think the players feel? Look, a strike is a strike. A ball is a ball. Knock the shit off with making up your own strike zone. Look, I get it's been like this since baseball has existed. And I know a ton of people normally respond with, well, it's just part of the game. That's baseball, all the old school guys. That's how it's always been. You got to count on the But that's, that's, that's just baseball. That's how thing about that is these days professional sports are always... Trying to get things right with replay and challenges. And they're always saying they want to make sure to make the right call and get it right because that's fair. And that's what you should do. Why can't they figure this out with balls and strikes? You hear it every night from announcers. This ump is known for helping pitchers, or this guy's known for helping batters. He calls low strikes, or, you know, a, a strike will be called a foot off the plate. Well, that's just how he, he is his whole career. It's how, where he calls his strikes. Shouldn't be that way. The strikes and balls conversation has gotten to be like such a forbidden topic when it comes to baseball. You can't even argue strikes and balls without getting ejected these days. What is this, Fight Club? The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I'm sure it's just another way to keep the game moving because they don't want managers getting thrown out every game and holding the game up on every pitch, every ball, every strike. But they can challenge almost any other call or play during the game but don't even think about bringing up strikes or balls. Like I know a couple years ago, Joe Torrey sent out a memo to all the managers to you know cut that shit out with, ejecting, with getting ejected for arguing strikes and balls. I think he was just trying to set a good example, being like, look, this isn't looking good. Every night a manager is getting thrown out. Guys, could we just calm the hell down? Well, how about you start with making sure the right calls are made? Then nobody would be arguing so much. Now, here's a problem with my argument. I don't have a real good solution for this. But that's why I don't get paid the big bucks to figure this crap out. And the only thing I can think of is maybe... Actually, I think this is a pretty good idea. <laughs> I think you should have an umpire, you know, continue to stand behind the plate because he's got to make a million other calls back there. But I think he he should hold like some radar gun that has a sensor on it, and it's triggered when the ball crosses the plate to determine strikes or balls. Something simple like that. The league needs to figure this out because now with all the technology and the phone apps and the websites. We all see the same strike zone box with the green and red dots on, on, you know, whatever website we're watching the game on or our app. We see it. We know whether it's a good call or bad call. Sometimes we see a strike call and it looks like it hit the batter in the Adam's apple when we're looking at it on our app. The entire world sees it's a wrong call, but for some reason, that's okay when it strikes and balls, but I don't get it. Just please figure that part of the game out. I mean, seriously, think about it. Any other sport that you watch, any other situation, if it's a bad call, most of the time it can be replay. Most of the time the the manager or the coach, you can argue about it, but strikes and balls in baseball, don't even think about it. If a manager complains about it, you're out of here. Nope, I know it was a bad call, but don't even think about arguing about it. Boy, did that happen to us a couple times in Houston. And I'm telling you, when our offense goes cold, it is so effing contagious the entire lineup shits the bed and it's scary because we witnessed this all September and the season started right where it left off this lineup has been one-dimensional for a long time we know this okay that that's a discussion that's old now we get it the people out there trying to tell everyone not to worry because it's only the first week of the season It's not that we're concerned about the first week. It's that we're concerned about how the season ended last month. This is exactly how it ended, and it rolled over into this season. That's why I was saying about how spring training means absolute dog shit. Look at how hot Manny was right before spring training ended, and look at him now, though I say that. And he hits, what, the past couple games? He's hitting three home runs? I'm actually going to the game April 11th, Wednesday, to see him play Toronto. It's supposed to be like 32 degrees. If you're there, come down and say hi to me if you've uh, tuned into this episode before the 11th. And you're going to be there Wednesday, uh, Section 20, first row, seat one, all the way at the end, right next to where the players sit. Come down and say hi. Say, hey, Nate, uh, when you give away those tickets, I'd like to have them. Because that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a little crazy. Later in the, in the uh, season, start giving away some shit. But hey, we're going to have fun. I'm actually going to have some guests coming up on the show. I'm also going to have some live people in the show, some fans who just love Orioles baseball as well. Uh, we're just going to have a good time. It's going to be fun. We're here to vent. Anything you want to talk about, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. And again, anything I've said that you disagree, anything that you want to start up, any conversations, I will make a part of the show because I love getting you guys involved. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com.